Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the one and only show that goes back in time to yesteryear and the fantastic days of the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Tony, welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. Uh, thanks for having me, Brian. Thanks for being. Uh, I can't uh, wait to uh, talk about some more 1990s Steelers football. I love I love that era. You know what, whether it's the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, or maybe just a few years ago, like we did a couple of weeks ago when we went back to 2016, I got to tell you, I love talking about old Steeler games. Now, the Steelers right now are really exciting because they're having a fantastic season so far, but you know, it's really cool to just put that aside because we talk about that 24-7, and once in a while, people want to go back in time and to see how it all began. And let's go back to a fun time. You know, Tony, do you remember the one of my favorite movies, Back to the Future? I certainly do. It's a great, fantastic movie. I just watched it over the summer. At the tail end of that first installment, Christopher Lloyd's Doc Brown looks at Marty McFly and says, I guess I'll get to see who wins the next 25 World Series. Well, we're going to talk about the Fall Classic and the World Series because a Steeler game was going on when you had a classic World Series going on that had a lot to do with the former Pittsburgh Pirates manager, good old Jimmy Leland. He was in game seven on this day looking for his first ever World Series title. It was a classic, Tony. Do you remember that game? I remember watching it. It was, it was, uh, it was great to see Leland finally finally uh, get over that hump and, and win a World Series. He came close in Pittsburgh so many times and it seemed like each year the heartbreak was, was greater than the year before. So it was nice to see him get off the schneid that night. And that game went all the way to extra innings, which extra innings might be the flavor of the day today. It was also around the time when Bill Clinton was probably still thinking that his reputation was safe as president <laughs> of the United States. It wasn't going to last, though, and Seinfeld was still stopping the Nielsens in what would become its last season on the air on NBC. Now, also, one of my favorite movies was released right around that time as well. Burt Reynolds, Mark Wahlberg, Boogie Nights. You a big Boogie Nights fan? No, I never watched that movie. And I'm a big fan of both of those guys. I, I never, but I, I know that was a Marky Mark's breakout role. I heard it was really great. It is a fantastic film. I could watch that over and over again just for uh, some of the pop culture references, uh, you know, Going back in time to the 70s is what they were doing there. And when it was set, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a great team and they continue to be a great team. But I digress as we go to a time where the Steelers 
we're in the midst of a pretty good year. It was 1997, Tony. I was making the trip to Three Rivers Stadium to watch the Steelers battle a newly minted rival, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tom Coughlin's team had defeated Pittsburgh in Florida in week three, and his five and two Jags were looking to knock the five and two Steelers from their perch and stand alone at the top of the AFC Central. Jacksonville was also hoping to sweep the season series after the 30-21 to 21 victory over visiting Pittsburgh in week three. And that week three game was infamous because Bill Cower tried to knock over one of the, uh, not a kick returner, but one of the Jacksonville Jaguars returning a fumble, I believe, um, on the sidelines. He just made a move towards him but didn't do anything a la Mike Tomlin just a few years ago. Do you remember that incident? I remember it. I remember thinking they blew it or saying out loud they blew it not knowing that that cower was, had just created one of his most iconic moments meanwhile the steelers of 1997 were in the mold of past pittsburgh teams they had a dominant running game tony featuring a huge rusher in jerome bettis a relentless defense number one in the league and possibly their best two receivers at the time a number 82 and a number 88 it wasn't Swan and Stallworth, Yancey Thigpen, and Courtney Hawkins leading the way. The glaring difference was Cordell Stewart starting at quarterback in his third season. He was finally the full-time starter after all that time behind Neil O'Donnell and then Mike Tomzak. Number 10 was inconsistent in games. In fact, Tony, wasn't that the time he had horrible first halves and it was noted that he was really good in the second half? Yeah, he was Jekyll and Hyde that year. Uh, he seemed to have a, a propensity for turning the ball over in the first half. And then in, in the uh, second half, he was like a uh, future Hall of Famer. So it was uh, uh, de- definitely a, a contrast in styles for him. Uh, it definitely a roller coaster of emotions if you were a Steeler fan in 1997. You know, he also had one of the best quarterback ratings in the fourth quarter that year, too. So he was really good at times, but... He can make your hair turn gray and you can pull it out watching him sometimes. He was also dynamic running with his legs as well. So, Tony, the game starts off. I'm in the 500 level watching this game. It was one of those games that I hated because it started at 425. Games started off typically of the Steelers 1997 season in which they would start off turtle slow only to come alive really late in the games. In the first, Stewart's first pass. First pass of the game, Tony. What happens? He's intercepted by reserve linebacker Jeff Kopp at the and returns it to the Steelers 38. So uh, he was uh, going <clears throat> picking up right where he left off earlier in the year with his uh, troubles with turning the ball over early in games. And that was basically all of the action, Tony, in the first quarter. That was it. That led to nothing. In the second quarter, Jacksonville broke the scoreless tie with 10 points, courtesy of the running prowess of James Stewart. Not Jimmy Stewart from Indiana, PA. It's a wonderful life. (laughs) But five TDs a week earlier, James Stewart was going nuts. Also, pinpoint accuracy from Mark Brunel. They were moving the ball. And only 52 seconds into the second quarter, Brunel found Willie Jackson on an eight-yard strike despite near-perfect coverage from the rookie, Chad Scott, Tony. Yeah, it was a great pass by by Mark Brunel, who seemed to have really good games against Pittsburgh uh, during that time. So uh, it was not, 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 a good, not a good way to start off a game if you're the Steelers and looking to, uh, looking to get the upper hand on the, on the Jaguars in the old AFC uh, Central Division. 
Yeah, and I tell you what, Brunel was hot. He always played the Steelers well. That lefty, he was good, really good. Ended up winning a Super Bowl as a backup for the New Orleans Saints, actually, uh, years later. But I digress. Brunel finds Jackson again. Willie Jackson on a roll for 46 yards to put the Jags in scoring position again. The crowd's going angrily crazy. Carnell Lake, of all people, was brutally burned on the play in which he did not get the expected safety help that he thought he was going to have. But with first and goal at the eight, that Steelers defense, they tightened up, didn't they, Tony? They sure did, and it was, it was very important that they, that they hold Jacksonville to three points at, the, at, the, at this juncture of the game, and, and they really stood tall. They did. Mike Hollis gets the field goal. It's 10-0 at that point. In the second quarter, Cordell Stewart lost a fumble, nearly surrendered another. The Steelers were driving as the quarter ended, inexplicably not going for a field goal at the end of the half. That was weird that they didn't do that. It was now 10 to nothing at the intermission. Wow, not good. Not at all. And I, I, I don't get that. I rewatching and, and, and reading about this game. I don't get why Cower, who was pretty conservative as far as try, trying to get points. If you remember the year before in, in the Patriots divisional round, it was 21 nothing and he kicked the field goal instead of going for it. So it, it, was, it was kind of puzzling that they, that they didn't uh, trust Norm, who had a really strong, strong leg to, to get them within the touchdown. Yeah, he was really good for them in his entire career with the Steelers. Uh, three seasons with the Steelers and really great kicker. One of the best of all time to sport the black and gold. You would love to have that guy again. <laughs> Norm Johnson was great. And in the stadium, I loved it because they would have uh, George Went from Cheers on the, uh, on the big board, on the big screen, every time he would kick a field goal and everybody would yell, Norm! <laughs> I didn't know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I used to love that, just watching them kick. So the crowd of 57,011, they were not excited. They were mostly sporting black and gold with exception of a few teal stragglers. Two of them specifically I met were drunk, shirtless, and gloating. I remember meeting them outside of the restroom in the fifth level. They were they were going crazy. They were they they were nice guys, but they were drunk and obnoxious. And when you're in enemy territory, as of Pittsburgh, it's not a good place to be gloating, Tony. Yeah, I'm actually impressed that, that they actually had that was their third season. And yeah, they, they they were in the AFC Championship game a year before. But to establish a fan base so so quickly that they would actually travel to Pittsburgh, that's that's pretty impressive. It really was. And I remember actually hitting it off with these guys because I get along with everybody. You know that, Tony. And But I warned them. I said, guys, if the Steelers lose, the crowd will not enjoy this kind of gloating in the concourse. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. Trust me. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. But be cool if the Steelers lose. It could be dangerous. But in my head, something told me that those guys – we're not going to die that night, Tony, because maybe the Steelers were going to turn it around. And they certainly needed to, because uh, that, that, that race would turn out to be uh, razor thin as far as uh, who would finish first and who would be the wild card. So yeah, they, the Steelers definitely need to come back and uh, even the, the season series up and, and, and get one game ahead of the Jaguars. And we will come back right after this to find out if those two lads from Jacksonville lived and to see how the Steelers did in the second half of a great game from 1997 on the Steelers Retro Show. We'll be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. We are going back, 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 back in time to check out the Steelers and the Jaguars. The early, it was a really early rivalry. They were only three years old at the time, Tony, but they gave the Steelers fits. They sure did. I mean, they it started right from the very first game in, in, in their inaugural season back in 1995, and it, it never let up. I mean, they, they really established themselves as a Steelers rival pretty quickly. Something happened at halftime. I don't know whether Bill Cower lit into these guys to tell them that you're better than these guys, but they came out looking rejuvenated, possibly possessed. That's what that's what the locker room with Bill Cowher will do to you, Tony. Yeah, he certainly had a way of motivating his players. He was definitely somebody who his guys loved to play for. He, he was a uh, contrast to Chuck Knoll, his his stoic uh, a- attitude. And Cowher came in, and he was a he was <laughs> he was a, a ball of emotion at all times. Well, Bettis was rejuvenated he was ripping off yards left and right just chunks of yardage and then you had Stewart starting to complete passes he was getting him downfield to Courtney Hawkins and Yancey Thigpen the Steelers were definitely moving the moving the chains with 809 remaining in the third Stewart hooked up with Courtney Hawkins on a 28 yard score number 88 beat a former Steeler first rounder in the name of Dion Figures on the behind the shoulder grab. Now, Tony, just a couple of weeks ago on the retro show, we talked about Dion Figures and that fantastic surprise on side. But Dion got victimized wearing teal, black, and gold. He certainly did. And, and this and, and and the pass from Stewart was absolutely perfect. And it was kind of like what we talked about earlier: the uh, Jekyll and Hyde nature of uh, of Cordell in his first year starting as Steelers quarterback. So. Uh, it was de- definitely much needed at that point to get Pittsburgh within three points. And there's nothing prettier than a behind the shoulder grab, isn't there, Tony? Absolutely not. And Courtney Hawkins, he was a uh, a very uh, important free agent pickup for them that year. He, he took the he took the number eighty eight from Andre Hastings from uh, uh, two years before, so or the year before, I should say. So he was definitely a valuable member for that team that year. Came from Tampa Bay, and he was definitely one of those unheralded pickups that did really well for them it reminds me of guys like Jericho Cotri, maybe a Derek Watt or an Eric Ebron someone like that you know Absolutely. not a huge signing but someone that's really going to make a huge difference as a piece of the puzzle and that's exactly what was happening there Jacksonville followed that score though however with a tremendous drive to get them down to the Steeler two-yard line but the defense the defense really came up big, didn't they, Tony? 
They did. Instead of trying to ex- extend the lead to, to, to six points, uh, Coughlin decided to go for it on fourth down, and, and, and the Steelers' defense would have none of it. Earl Holmes and LeVon Kirkland stuffed the hard-charging Stewart on third and one. And like you said, Coughlin, he said, you know, I'm not going to go for a field goal. Let's go for it. One of six on fourth downs at that point, what the Steelers were. But with 6.14 left in the third, Greg Lloyd came from the outside and he stuffed James Stewart for the turnover on downs. That was a huge deal. That was a turning point in this game, wasn't it, Tony? It absolutely was. I mean, they, they, after getting pulling within three points to go down by 10 again, that would have been pretty deflating. So for the, for the Steelers defense to, to stand tall at that, at, at that moment, that was a momentum shifter for sure. And the Steelers, using the same formula as they did in the previous drive, rode the bus, Yancey Thigpen, Hawkins, and Cordell for a 98-yard drive that stretched to the four-yard line and ended with a Stewart touchdown from the one and a 14-10 lead. Just like that, those are plays that completely changed the game, Tony. Cordell's uh, athleticism on display on that drive, he he, he kind of pulled a uh, Walter Payton and dove over the top to uh... – to make it 14-10. Here's the problem, though. Jacksonville was far from done, though, with the Steelers starting from their own two. Fans were looking for a repeat from earlier, but disaster struck a few plays later. Jerome Bettis, who didn't do that much, fumbled after being stripped by Tony Brackens, and Travis Davis, another future Steeler, recovered at the Steelers' 17. Then Jacksonville cashes in. This game's going back and forth, man. With a Brunel pass to Pete Mitchell. Now, not the Pete Mitchell from Top Gun, Tony, not Tom Cruise's <laughs> Maverick, but from three yards out, this Pete Mitchell, I believe from Boston College, if I'm not mistaken, three-yard touchdown, it's 17-14 to 14 Jacksonville, Tony. Yeah, and it was it was uh, late, getting pretty late, too, so the Steelers certainly were in, uh, in jeopardy of following, following not just one game behind in the standings, but two games behind in the AFC Central because of the tiebreaker, so... Uh, it was it was it was nearing midnight, and the Steelers certainly needed a uh, a hero to come through. Yeah, I was getting nervous in the stands, and I was like, "Oh man, how can you let Tom Cruise's Pete Mitchell beat you?" And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were looking for that hero, and they looked to have it. With six minutes remaining, Stewart put on another impressive drive with the help of Bettis, Thigpen, Hawkins. Again, they got all the way down to the two yard line, but settled for a nineteen yarder from that man. Norm Tony, right? Norm Johnson. He uh, even to score, and it was it was uh, it was very important at that point. The Steelers, uh, at least, it was a shame that they, they came up short, but at least tying the game was better than better than uh, than a loss at that point. Absolutely, and so the game's tied. It's seventeen seventeen. There's only one ten remaining in this game. The Jaguars stall. Then Pittsburgh, their drive stalls as well. Then Josh Miller stood inside his own five and he drilled a 72 yard punt that pinned Jacksonville down at their own 10 yard line. That was a big deal because there was only one 10 remaining, but there was still enough time for Brunel who could do that to get the Jags in field goal range. But he injured his thumb after pressure from Carnell Lake and had to be replaced by Rob Johnson with no time left. Johnson heaved one that Chad Scott who had a great game intercepted and the game was going into overtime, Tony. 
Yeah, and that was a that was a critical punt, uh, a very underrated punt by Josh Miller. You know, him and the chin, they never really saw it eye, but I'm sure Phil Cowher was was uh, sending him a Christmas card that year because that they were, as you said, they were deep within their own territory and a poor punt there, and, and the Jaguars are in, immediately in field goal range. So for him to do that was huge. It definitely was. And as a fan, this was the first overtime game I ever witnessed in person, but I was bummed because I knew it was going to get me home so late. (laughs) With it being sudden death back then, not like it is now, I was sweating the coin toss because if you lose that coin toss, you could be in trouble. And those long car rides are not fun after a loss, especially if you're the driver and your buddy's been drinking and he's complaining. But (laughs) Tony Baselli called it wrong for Jacksonville as LaVon Kirkland joyfully barked the Steelers' intention to receive. In overtime, Pittsburgh drove down the field with an excellent mix of passes and runs. Then with 547 gone in the fifth quarter, Stewart executed a perfect shovel pass to Bettis. Bettis rumbles 17 yards for the win, Tony. We were all elated. Oh yeah. You, you mentioned a long car ride. I, I, I worked half of that game and I just got home for the second half and that would have been a horrible way to, to end my day to see them lose for, so for Bettis to, to score there and for him to get redemption for his fourth quarter fumble and for the Steelers to, to win this game and go one game up over the Jaguars. That was, that was, a, it made for a great day. And it would prove to be a huge deal, Tony, because they went down to the wire with Jacksonville as we've t- we've talked about 1997 a lot, and this ended up being an AFC Championship season for the Steelers. It did not end the way we wanted. I was back in the stadium in that 500 level watching Cordell throw three interceptions against the Denver Broncos, but mm. it was still exciting. It was an exciting season, and this was a huge game for them to realize being on the precipice of the Super Bowl, one that they could have won as Denver went on to win. But you know what? I think about this game as my first overtime affair. I think of it as a fun night listening to the World Series on the way home and hoping Jim Leland could win that, even though I was rooting for Cleveland, but happy for Jim. And I also was remembering it as the game that saved two drunken idiots' lives from Jacksonville, (laughs) Tony. Yeah, it was uh, 1997. As you said, we we talked about it a lot. It was really a fun year, and 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 both teams wound up uh, finishing with 11 and five records. But one team, meaning the, the Jaguars, had to be had to enter the playoffs as the fifth seed, and the Steelers ultimately, as the number two seed, wound up getting home field advantage all the way uh, to the end, even though they didn't get to the Super Bowl. So this this win here was very pivotal, and and and, a, and a, one of the great great wins of, of 1997. Absolutely was. And it was so fun to go back in time with you, Tony. That was a great game. And uh, it's one you don't think of because you think of these uh, these games that are just uh, so staunched in history, like the Immaculate Reception. And then you think of the Colts games, the Colts playoff games, both of them with the tackle and the uh, almost Hail Mary. And you think of all those infamous games, but you don't think of this one. And this one was a lot of fun. So I'm glad you had a lot of, a lot of fun watching this one, Tony. I did. I did. And, and, and this was a, uh, this was a bittersweet rivalry because the Jaguars really, uh, they really, they declared that the Steelers were the rivals early on. And they, and they, they came through with, with some uh, very great games against Pittsburgh. So this was a fun little time and fun little rivalry and, and a fun little time for, for the AFC uh, Central Division. 
Absolutely. And the Steelers would lose a lot of players to Jacksonville. And they were a team that almost mirrored the Steelers in a lot of ways with a very good defense and an offense that was opportunistic as well. So lots of fun. I'm almost sad that that rivalry is over, but you never know. You've got the Steelers and Jaguars coming up this week, and it's always a tough game for the Steelers, no matter what the record is when they go to that stadium. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're not that far removed from uh, the, the, the playoff game from 2017. And, and of course they, it took everything in them to come back and beat the Jaguars the following year in the regular season. So it's never, it's never a, a, an easy out when you're, when you're going down to Jacksonville. It definitely never is. So Tony, so much fun going back in time. We will be back next week. We'll probably be talking about the Ravens with that Thanksgiving game coming up. So let's talk about that, and you tune in next week, and we'll pop in the DeLorean with you, my friend. Absolutely. I can't wait to do it, man. I can't wait to go back in time with you one more time. You got it, and we will do it. So for Tony Defio, I'm Brian Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's been fun going back in time with all of you. We'll see you next time. And remember, like Huey Lewis used to say, take me away. I don't mind. But you better promise me I'll be back in time. We'll see you. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.